Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. Good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're in this series covering our God-given capacities. So I've been thinking about what to share, how to share. And uh, today we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read that text. And please <laughs> pay attention to the words as well, not just to this guy. Uh, and after that, I will basically see together why I see here. As you can see, he's wearing my clothes, so this says something about myself as well, that I'm basically the same. (laughs) No, I'm not, no. I'll just quickly read, and then uh, we'll we'll get on with it. So it says, 1 Corinthians 12, from 12 to 31, just to have a context. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, foreigners, English or men, it doesn't matter, and all are made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, what would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the highest gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Okay, just to give you context, so whenever I will refer to some of the things with this handsome guy, uh, you will know what I mean. So today, because we are in this series of discovering our God-given capacity, I want to speak about being individually members. Because we are indiv- individuals, we are unique, we are different, but in the same time, we are, par- we are all part of the same body. That's what basically this text tells us. And I just want to read you a short story that I came across uh, in one of the books I recently bought. And it says this. Nose and hand were sitting in the church pew talking. The morning service, led by ear and mouth, had just ended, and hand was telling Nose that he and his family had decided to look for a different church. (laughs) Really, Nose responded to Hand's news. Why? Oh, I don't know, Hand said, looking down. 
he was usually slower to speak <laughs> than the other members of the church body. I guess because the church doesn't have what Mrs. Hand and I are looking for. Well, what are you looking for in a church? Noz asked. Hand had to think before answering. He and Mrs. Hand liked Pastor Mouth and his family, and they also liked Minister of Music here. Well, I guess we're looking for a place where people are more like us, Hans finally stammered. We tried spending time with legs, but we didn't connect with them. <laughs> Next, we joined a small group for all the toes, but they kept talking about socks and shoes and others, and that didn't really interest us. <coughs> Nose looked at him, this time with Jen in dismay. Aren't you glad they're talking about others? Sure, sure, but it's not for us, Hans said. Then we attended the Sunday school for all the facial features. Do you remember? We came, several, we came for several Sundays a couple of months ago, and I said, yes, I remember. It was nice to have you. Thank you. But everyone just wanted to talk and listen and smell and taste. It felt like, well, it felt like you never wanted to get to work and get your hands dirty. Anyway, Mrs. Sand and I were thinking about checking out that new church over across the road. We hear that they do lots of clapping and hand rising, which is closer to what we need right now. <laughs> At that moment, Mrs. Hand, who had been caught in, up in another discussion, turned back to join her husband and Nose. Hand briefly explained what he and Nose had been talking about, after which Nose repeated his sadness at the prospect of losing the hands. Mrs. Hand nodded in agreement. She wanted to be polite, but truth be told, she wasn't such a believing. Her husband had made just enough critical remarks about the church over the years that her heart began to reflect his. No, he had never burst into an open tirade against the body. In fact, he usually apologized for being too negative, as he put it. But the little complaints he let slip here and there had had an effect. The small groups were a little cliquish, the music was a little out of date, the program seemed a little silly, the teaching wasn't entirely to their liking. In the end, it was hard for the two of them to put their fingers on it. But they finally decided that the church wasn't for them. In addition to all that, Mrs. Sane knew that their daughter, Pinky, was not comfortable with the youth group. Everyone was so different from her, she felt out of joint. <laughs> Mrs. Hand said something about how much she appreciated Nose and the leadership. He thanked me, uh, Mrs. Hand for her, Nose thanked Mrs. Hand for her encouragement, repeated that he was sorry to hear of their departure, then turned and walked away. Apparently, Hands didn't really need Nose and the leadership. Now, imagine for a second, and in this case we'll just speak about Hands, okay? Let's see this. So hands, all of a sudden they come to the conclusion that the church is not for them. Because that's like, why not, you know? And they talk to nose, I don't have a nose, but imagine a nose, and say, you know what? We came to the conclusion that we shouldn't really come to this church. That we can do our own thing. So what they do is like whatever they start and they leave, you know, and they go to another church or they try. But in the moment they leave the body, they are no longer something. On the one hand, they are not linked in with the body. They are not belonging to anything. And on the other hand, hand <laughs> the body doesn't look as nice anymore. And my point is this, and this is, I'll tell you the conclusion of the preaching now, and then I'll tell you why I believe this. I believe that we, we cannot discover our God-given capacity apart from the church. It is, it is, I would say, impossible, and you will never be who God created you to be if you do not belong to a body or to a church, as the hands can never really function as hands if they are not part of the body. Just imagine tearing your limbs apart. You're like, not really as you should be. And every time I 
I read First Corinthians 12, but I, I'm really, really amused. I think Paul, when he was writing, was laughing a bit. Is that kind of teaching when he's, he was saying, imagine the hand saying to the feet that because I'm not a foot, I do not belong to the body. And Paul is like, that's silly. Of course you're part of the body. Just because you think you're not a part of the body, this doesn't mean you're not part of the body. And my point is this. All of you and all of us in this place are part of the body, are part of BCC's body. And you are all, and I mean all, 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 important. And you are all, if one of you is missing from the body, we cannot function as well. And if you want to discover your capacity, you can only do it solely and exclusively as part of a body, as part of a communion, as part of a whole. You cannot be who God created you to be apart from the church. Because Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But he has a place designated for you. In here, in BCC, and in general in the church for each one of us. That's basically the point of this text that I just read. Or imagine that the, the eye, the ear says, oh, look at this eye. He's so good. Every time he meets someone, he can just see through them. Every time he meets someone, he can... He has the best perspective on everything. Well, I guess because I cannot see as well as he sees, I am not part of the world. Because you know what? Never, no one ever listens to me. No one can really hear me. Because, of course, you are the ear. You can hear best. And sometimes we tend to look at the flashing gifts in the church. And one of the reasons we don't achieve our capacity is because we compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves with people that have what we call platform ministry. Like nose, ear, and mouth. When you see someone say, I like your eyes. Or I like your nose. I don't say I like your nose, actually. But, <laughs> but, I, but I do say, I, I like your eyes. It looks nice. And just because you say that you are not something you think you want to be, this doesn't make you a less part of the body. And many times we covet these flashy gifts. When I was a young teenager, I always wanted to become pastor or whatever. But pastor, because that he was on the platform, and that's like, okay, of course, I, that's what I want to become. And I remember I was doing uh, loads of um, Discover Your uh, Spiritual Gifts tests. I've done so many. But then I came to a point where I learned how the questions were made and formulated, that I knew how to manipulate the answers I wanted. I, I learned that. So if in one of my seasons I wanted to become an evangelist, I, I would go, I would do the <laughs> test, and I would be an evangelist. If I want to be a prophet, why not? I can become a prophet. If I want to be an apostle, I can do the test to become an apostle. If I want to be a pastor, and you name it, administrator, I could become everything. And even today, just because I do this test, I can easily manipulate it to show me what I want to be. Why? Because when I was a teenager, I wanted those flashy positions. And I was saying, if I, if I am to be part of the body, I need to be someone who is seen. I need to be someone who is appreciated. I want to be a prophet so people would say that I'm a man of God. I want to be a pastor so people will look up to me. I want to be an evangelist so people will respect me. That's, that was in my mind what, what I wanted to become. And then I came to a point when I actually listened to God, you know, and I said, you know, God, I actually don't care about any of this. It took some years. It's not, it wasn't all of a sudden. And I said, my, my desire is to serve you, no matter my title or position no matter what the spiritual gifts they say. Because I learned, I was so smart that I knew what gift I wanted, and I, I could just get it just like this. If, if I would take the evangelist spiritual gift test and say that I'm an evangelist, that doesn't make me an evangelist. 
Sometimes these tests, they point towards what you can be, of course. But more important than doing tests to discover capacity is to belong to a church. Because when we belong to the body, we function as we should do. Only like a couple of years ago, I finally, uh, let's say, started to know myself quite well. And how did this happen? It didn't happen to those spiritual gifts tests. It happened by understanding my shape, my structure, personality, past, and everything. And when I put all these things together, I understood what kind of guy I am. I understood that sometimes I lose my patience quite quickly than, than other people. I understand that sometimes if I see someone crying, I'll, I'll go there to help them. But if I say that they want to stay in the victim comfort zone, I get a bit like annoyed. I say, come on, move on. No, there's more. Th this is how I naturally am. Then I, then I thought, well, one, one thing is I will not use this as an excuse to not do anything, of course. But in the same time, I became confident with who I am. That is because I understand, in a way, what my role is in the body, and I understood what my capacity is. And it's important to understand this, because that's what basically freed me. God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, how? As he chose. Now, when I read this, I mean, I read it for years, of course, but like a couple of years ago, three years ago, when I read this, it freed me. Because first of all, I understand that God is the one who arranges. God is the one who puts in place. And if we would go to the origin of this word, the range, it says about laying a foundation and a structure in which you build and grow, like a building, if you imagine, a foundation on which you build. So what the Bible says is that God has arranged all of us as part of, the, as part of BCC, first of all, but then as part of the universal church. Imagine how many of you had said, finger, you need to stay on the hand. None of you. You are born like this. How many of us say that the eyes need to be in the head? None of us. Because they are all arranged to be perfect in harmony and connection. In the same way, the point of this text is that God has put each one of you to function well only in the church, only as part of the body. No one is ever, and I say it again, lone rangers. Imagine if the hand all of a sudden says, I'm better than the body. I think... I, I know better, and say, oh, I'll go do my own ministry. Imagine that for a second. The body would look ugly, first of all, and then the hand would never function as it should, because you need to be connected to the shoulders and everything. And the point is this. Do not, do not just look at what is flashy and platform positions. There is a place for that, but if you want to function as God intended you to be, you need to be connected. And you need to understand that God has a place for you. How you discover it, we'll, we'll, we'll find out a bit later. But God is the one who arranged, and he says, each one of the members, each one. He knows you by name. He chose you. He gave you a shape. He gave you a function. He gave you a capacity. You only have to discover it. The place where you discover it is in the body. You cannot, I cannot discover the function of my heart if I take it out of the body, really. I can see the shape. But it will, not, it will never function, really. And you need to be part of the body. And then the thing that freed me the most is that I am not my own master. <coughs> I have not created myself. God did. I am his masterpiece, not my own masterpiece. Yeah, Before I existed, I didn't say, well, why, don't I, why, why am I not born Romanian with darker skin, like in between, and uh, this, this height? No. God did it. 
And why it freed me is because I know he chose me. I know he has a plan for me. He knew where I was born. He knew when I was born. He knew what I would like, what I would dislike. He knew everything about me. Which means that if I am part of the church, and because I am his masterpiece, he knows me best. And the person I need to go first to discover who I am is God. Yeah. I, I can have desires as I was a teenager to become whatever, the, the fancy suit preacher. I wanted to become this as well. Maybe take my coat and slash some people in the spirit if you want to. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to become this. But then I realized that I need to be faithful to where I am now and function well as part of the church where I am now. If it, if it is preaching as it is now, I'll, I'll honor God with this. If it is other things, I'll honor God through everything. And I, I'm telling you, when, when I first came and Michael and Pastor Mark are my witnesses, I've, I've done almost all, all of the jobs. And even today, I still sometimes... I uh, like to just clean toilets, honestly. I, it's a weird thing about me, but I like to clean <laughs> toilets. And I, 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 didn't, I didn't come to BCC or to this church to become someone. I came to serve God and honestly to, to discover who I am. I know God has a plan for me. That's, that's, that's for sure. I'm not worried about this. I know God knows me. I'm not worried about this. But the point is that I might not know myself very well. I could have gone wherever as a single guy, in uh, Africa or India where no one knows me. But I discover more about myself because I'm part of this body. I discover my weaknesses. And that's really, really good. I discover where I lack things. I discover what, what I'm not good at. And when I put all this information together, I can discover more about my capacity. And know this, capacity is God-given, not man-made. Capacity is God-given, not man-made. You cannot decide the capacity you have. You have it. You need to discover it. God gives capacity. Man has to discover it. And when I understood these things in my mind, I was free. Like, no pressure. I can do ministry wherever and whenever, on platform or in the toilets. It doesn't matter where. I can do it because I am confident in who I am about God. My confidence doesn't come from being on the, on the platform. I'm, I'm telling you honestly. And you know that if you come for the first time to speak in front of, of people on the platform, that's when you see you don't have confidence. So my confidence comes basically before being here. I, I didn't create my confidence just being on the platform and with the lights on me, really. And even though as a young teenager I grew up wanting to do what I'm doing now, then things change because I discovered I want to serve God, no matter where, no matter how, because God is always with me. So God arranged all of you, has a place, knows you by name in the body, and you can only function because he, he knows how you function. So only in the body of Christ you can function, okay? And then it says... As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Just one body. Why is this important? Remember the title of the preaching is We Are Individually Members. And we discover what stops us from uh, discovering our capacity, and that is longing to be something that we're not at the present. Covetousness or pride and all this thing, arrogance. But when we, we, we discover what we are when we are in unity, because God says there are many parts in the body, as you can see, and yet there are just one, individually members. This is how God created the body to be in unity. You can discover your God-given capacity only in unity. And I'll stress this for the few minutes, for the minutes that I have. You can only discover your God-given capacity as part of the body. This is the place where you discover. And the other important thing, and that's like, a personal advice. 
Do, do the, do the uh, spiritual gifts test. They are good, really. And I'm not saying this so I can say something good before I say something not so good. I honestly say it's good to do the spiritual gifts test. But I would encourage it's a personal advice, okay? Do the personality tests, like DISC or Strength Finder, which we did with the stuff in the church. Because when you, you, when you discover how you are made, then you know how to function. But I discovered that many times we try to focus on what we can do rather than what we are. And then we will never know how to do the things that... Let's say you do the test and all of a sudden you discover your, let's say, prophet. Okay? Let's say the test tells you this. What do you do then? I, I don't know many people, and I include myself, who have ever were launched into ministry because of one of those spiritual gifts tests. Those, those help. And they're, again, they're pointers to what God might put in your life. But you need to understand your identity, your shape, how you're structured. And that will build confidence. And then you can do the spiritual gifts test to discover who you are. In my personality, I'm very, I talk fast. I uh, tend to overpower to my, to my talking people. This is how I naturally am. You wouldn't really see me speaking like, yes, and the Lord blesses you. Like, and there's nothing wrong about this. It's just, I'm not that. I, I, I like to basically get to the point. When Pastor Mark writes to me, he says, Thanks, Mark. Right, very short. And that was when Sarah writes to me, says, "Good morning, Vlad. God bless you." And she's really kind and really, uh, and, and that's yeah. And I understood this uh, early in when I came to church, and I, I understood that people are structured differently. Did, have you ever found that you are in disagreement with people that? Let's say you are the kind of personality that is really kind and humble. And then you meet someone, let's say, like me, who's like, uh, and then you come together, you have an idea, and then there's a clash. Why is that? There's nothing wrong about it. It's just different perspectives because of personality, okay? I just want to share this with you. It's more important to know who you are than what you can do. Because after you know who you are, you can do many things. And you understand how people are as well. Okay. Now. It says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. Now, that is really so key to, to this text. Because as I said, sometimes we tend to look at the nose and eye type of positions in the church. And then we think that if I am serving God in a, in a place where I cannot be seen, let's take the lungs, for example, okay? You don't see my lungs. You cannot see your lungs, like right now. And no one will come and say, oh, nice lungs. <laughs> like, I like the curved shape of your guts. No. <laughs> no one does this, all right? But just remove your lungs or your guts for a minute from out of your body. We all just, I know those of you that are doctors, you know better what can happen. But I can imagine you'll just die at some point. And there are many parts in my body that I don't even know how they're called anyway. But they are there. And Imagine, I, I was thinking about the heart. It has that tube that connects things, I think, right? Imagine if I take the tube out of, just, just the tube, and I show it. No one say, wow, beautiful. God's masterpiece. No, but if I take just that little tube out of the heart and connects whatever, I might whatever choke with blood, and who knows what can happen. And many times you need to understand that you are indispensable to the body. I can live without one eye. We all can. We can live without nose, because Michael Jackson did it. <laughs> right? <laughs> but there are parts in our body who we make sure that they are taken care of. 
There are those parts that no one can see. There are those parts that no one would say they're so beautiful. They're not shiny like the eyes. They don't have color. But if you take them out of the body, you will cease to exist. And in the same way, if you are one of those people who think, I'm nothing, I'm not on the platform, I only do what, or you can say, I don't do anything. That is a lie. The Bible says that you are indispensable to the body. You are important, you have value. And I really mean that. I really mean that. And if you ever think that you don't have value, try to remove something from your body, really. And just see how painful it is. How painful it is if someone comes, let's say, to Pastor Mark and says, Pastor Mark, I don't think God wants me to serve. Just because you think that God doesn't want you to serve, it doesn't mean God doesn't want you to serve. That's because you think you are not part of the body. This doesn't mean you are not part of the body. Think about the example that we gave earlier. So you are all, so I really mean all of you, and I'm not just saying to be the motivational speaker, really. You are all indispensable to the body. If one of you leaves, we cannot function as well. Honestly, we cannot. You, have things, you know things that I don't know. You have experiences that I, don't, I didn't go through. You, you are built in such a way that I am not built. And we need to understand that in unity, together we can discover our God-given capacity. First of all, we discover it because individually, how I am. But then we discover it as a church. We want to impact Bromley. We want to, to make a difference. We want to bring God in here to help people. How can we do this if we don't know how we function? Ephesians 4 says that the body will build up itself in love when each member functions properly. Imagine if my hand will not function as it should be. <laughs> I cannot do many things after. And you need to understand that you are valuable. And I cannot stress this enough. You are valuable. And this value comes because you have been created in God's way, in God's likeness. God designed you, God fashioned you in the way that he wants you to function in BCC and in the body of Christ, okay? And the other thing I want to say is this. Uh, I don't just want to make you feel good about yourselves. It is good to feel good about ourselves, but I want you to feel right about yourself. I want all of us to feel right about ourselves, know our place. And it might come a time when God will bring you to one of those flashy positions. It, it can happen. Just imagine for a second that the hand says, you know what, I should be ahead. So, now we remove the head. Because <laughs> the hand, just for a second, imagine. And then we make the hand ahead. <laughs> and then Jesus comes and says, hey Jesus, look, your church, how nice it is. <laughs> you can notice that something is a bit off right here, right? <laughs> because the hand can only function as it should if it is linked to the, to the shoulder. That's why you are indispensable. It's not only that you have value, but then the body will not look as nice, will not function as good. Imagine if I put the eyes here on the shoulder so everything you smell it comes from your right-hand side. Uh, you see only that side down there and everything. It's like something is not really right. And you can imagine, it's, it's quite simple. But that's what Paul tells us here. You need to understand your place. You need to understand where God puts you. And be faithful where you are now. God might, at some point, show you that you are actually ahead, who knows. But you need to function well where you are. You need to accept that God arranged you as he chose. And that will build the church so well to make it healthy. It will make it strong. Imagine if you don't have hands, you cannot grow muscles, really. It's important to live with. Imagine if the hands will want to be ahead, 
The head cannot lift boxes. The hand cannot see and smell. Imagine these things for a second. That's why it's important that you know how God created it to be. And then the church will function as it should. Know your place. Let's know our places. And let's be confident that we are as God created us to be. Be faithful in those little things, as the Bible tells us. And God will promote you or not, but if you discover who you are, you'll feel confident about where you are. That's basically how it works. So don't worry, okay? Okay. The capacity is covered in unity. I'll stress this again and again. Remember this only in unity, okay? Be part of a life group, okay? Be part of a life group. How can we, as BCC, as a church, discover our God-given capacity? Again, you can do those spiritual gifts tests. They're okay. But the only way you can do it, it's being part of life groups. Be part of a group of people that meet every week. Join a life group. There are, we have like over 300 people in this church, right? How many of us are really part of a life group? It can be youth, it can be young adults, it can be during the week, men, women, whatever group. But you need to get plugged in. Because then you'll never function as you should. You need to come to the life groups because then you'll just be like a hand who is on its own and does its own thing. You'll never discover who you are. You'll go frustrated because you cannot really move because the hand cannot move on its own. You can move maybe your fingers, but you cannot move the arm on your own. You need to be part of life groups because that's the place where maybe more than on Sunday you can share about your struggles. You can share with the others about your problems. You can share with the others about what you're facing at the moment. The others can help you. The others can speak into your life. Now I can speak and I preach, but I cannot speak personally to each one of you. It's impossible. But if you are part of a life group of, let's say, 5, 10, 20 people, then you share and you open your heart. And in the life groups, you discover who you are. Maybe you don't know who you are. Maybe you don't know your capacity. Maybe this series seems really, and seems really interesting. And you say, like, how can I then discover it? Be part of a life group. It's simple. It's so simple. In life groups, I've discovered many things about myself. In life groups, I discovered I can share. When I was a young teenager and we had a youth group, I was asked to share things there, like at 15 years old, to share things. And somehow it, it grew up in me a desire to, to become a preacher in time. And then, of course, I am here now and I know God is using me, but because it all started in those life groups. It all started with my group of friends. When you say life groups, it sounds a bit official, but it's not. It's basically friends who are having food, like Caroline said, who talk about their struggles, who talk about everything there. I want to ask you really and persuade you, go to the information point and join a life group. Speak to Adam, speak to Pastor Mark, and ask, how can I be part of a life group? If you are not part of a life group, you will not be healthy, spiritually speaking. You might, you might, uh, you might get fed by us, the preachers, one hour and a half on Sundays, but that would be it. You need to go to weekly life groups. Leaders also, invest in the people in the life groups. Help them to grow, develop them, see where they are. And that's basically what Adam does and Pastor Mark as they talk about these things. I, my, my message today, it, it goes towards persuading you to be part of a life group. Why is that? Not because we want to have life groups. So that's why. It's because only then you can be healthy. Only then you can be healthy. Join the toes life group if you want. That, that makes you more comfortable. <laughs> Join the facial expression life group. Because if you notice, we, we are part of the life groups with people that are 
in a way or another like us. It's basically a circle of friends. That's what a life group is. We're all friends. We are shared with one another. And you can bring your worries, you can bring your struggles, and you can bring anything in the, in the life group. Okay, so join, join, join a life group, okay? Then it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The title of my preaching, individually members. So after Paul says all these things, body, I, the body, cannot be away from the body and everything. He says, you are the body of Christ. Imagine this for a second. You are the body of Christ. You are a member of the body of Christ. What, there's no greater honor than this. To know that if I function well, the body of Christ looks as it should look. Think for a second. This puts a responsibility on us. Because if you just sit on a chair or on your bed and you never discover who you are, you not function as Christ intended it to be. Imagine if one arm is strong and let's say, let's say this is Luke and let's say this is Tim. So Luke always works out and he develops, right? But Tim never does anything. He will not be upset, I'm saying this. So this week will be weaker and they'll be like this and Luke will be like this. So then Christ comes and says, hey, what I say? Hello. <laughs> because we didn't develop. That's why it's important. Discover capacity. Do not just not do anything. I know it's, it's a bit funny, but... In a way, it's, there is truth in this because you are basically depriving the church of being who, sh who the church should be if you don't discover and develop your own capacity. That's why it's important to understand you are the body of Christ. You are, first of all, accountable to Christ in developing who you are. Imagine, remember the parable of the talents. He gave two, five, one to everyone, and one of them didn't do anything about it, but the others invested. Invest your life. Invest your knowledge. Another way you can discover who you are is it's maybe by looking at what you're good at. It's okay to do it. It doesn't mean you're proud. Okay? But do this, do this in your mind. It's, it's what I've been doing. What am I good at? What is, wh where, where do I see fruit in my life? I, I was like, last summer I was in Italy, and I was speaking with a woman, and she was like, Vlad, but I don't know what I'm good at. And I said, okay. I, I did ask her, I asked her just this. First of all, if you would have all the money and all the, all the time in the world, what would you do with it? And maybe that's a question even if life group leaders want to take it for this week. If you have all the money and all the time, what would you like to do? That's a pointer towards what you might be created to do. Secondly, what are you good at? Where have you seen results? Where have you seen fruit in your life? Call it the test of fruitfulness if you want to. Jesus says you know them by their fruit. So that's the most important thing. Check your life and see what you're good at. Maybe you're good with maths. Maybe you're good with administration. We're good at organizing things, and there are so many things you can be good at. That can be a pointer towards a calling that God has on your life. And it is part of the body, because we need to reach out. The place where you work, it's your mission field, where Pastor Mark and anyone cannot really reach to. I cannot go to a hospital and start to speak with doctors. I have no entrance there, except as a patient, maybe. You know? <laughs> that, that's how it is. So you need to understand that. As the body of Christ, we need to function well, and then we will grow. It's just biology, anyway. The other thing is this. We are called to unity, not to uniformity. What do I mean by this? The text said, as we read earlier, that if the whole body were an eye, so we're all an eye. Imagine that for a second. Where would the sense of smelling be? Where? So, 
do not try to become someone. Let, let's say for a second that you want to become a preacher, okay? And then you look at us and then you try to become me. You cannot because you speak English better than I do, first of all. And that is good. Imagine if Pastor Mark would say, Vlad, we came to a conclusion that all the speakers in this church, they need to speak uh, perfect Brit with perfect British accent. And I would look and say, like, <laughs> so I, I, I cannot really do it. I'm trying, but probably <laughs> some of you say, no, you're not trying. <laughs> but we are called to you, and it's not uniform. I can never, that's like truth. I can never speak perfect British accent. That's how I'm built. And I'm okay with it, really, no worries. <laughs> so you need to become yourself. Like I, I know of parents who sometimes they try to raise their children as the better version of themselves. That's what sometimes I notice. But it's important that each one of us don't become a better version of someone else or another version. If you speak and you do discipleship, let's speak of what, like life group leaders. Do not try to make the people be you. Help them to discover who they are and help them develop the way God intended them to be. It's okay to be different. If you are different, that's, that's really good because if there will be four speakers speaking with my accent, it will be really boring. But like this, I bring a difference in accent so that makes it interesting, right? That's just how, how it is. <laughs> and each one has their own style, their own personality, and all together we can function really, really well. We are called to unity, but not to uniformity. Do not impose your personality, your capacity, your worldview on, on other people. Discover who they are and let them discover who they are as well. Let them develop as they were intended to, to be. Do not, what if I try to make resolve, let's say, Romanians? Like, that, that, that will never work. It's just not possible, okay? I can make floor in Romania because he already is. But other than that, I, ca I cannot. We are called to unity, not uniformity. No pressure. You are different, perfect. You are a bit childish like me sometimes. That's really good. God can still use us. God knows his place, our place in, in the church board, okay? Then we function differently, but in unity. The hand cannot function as an eye, obviously. So if you, if you say like, oh, but I cannot do what the other people do, that's okay. There is something you can do that no one can do as well as you. And that's really truth. Think about it. All of you, as I told you, speak English better than I do. That's just a simple example. So do not... Do not say that if I'm different, I am not part of the body. You are part of the body. And sometimes what we tend to do as the story I read earlier, just because you are different, you say, okay, maybe the church is not for me. And you do the same mistake that the hands did in the story I read. Say, well, people only, feet only speak about others. That's good. Imagine if there, no one would speak about others, like in your family. You say, you will never speak about having a shower, taking showers or cleaning or washing. That will not function well. So my point is this. If you are different, you are really part of the church body. But be part of the church body. And if you, if you see you are different, or if you have disagreements sometimes with people, this can happen. That's okay. That's okay. Because hands cannot impose their own structure on the eyes. What if their hands say, hey eyes, you need to, you need to get your hand, hands dirty. Like, that's not possible. You are part of the body. You have a value and you have worth. 
and only being part of the church, the church can function well. That's, that's basically what it is. I think that was yeah, the last one. So, Adam, if you can join me. Uh, I know that today was a bit more like technical type of preaching, if you want to. But I really hope that I did get my point across. That you understand that you are part of the body of Christ. That only together we can be who God created. AOG's tagline is, we are stronger together. And that is so true. We are stronger, we are healthier, we are richer. We discover our capacity only when we are united and we are one. Be part of a life group. Parents, send their children to baseline, Tuesday and, and, and Friday. Young adults come to resolve. Invite your people to church, because that is the place where you can discover who you are. So if you could just stand up with me, I will just quickly pray. Yes, God, we do thank you for, for the honor, Lord, that you placed us as part of your body, Lord. Yeah. I thank you that we have a future, Lord. You have a future and you have plans for us, Lord. And yes, Lord, there are, there are plans for us to prosper and to develop and to know who we are, Lord. And I really pray for our church, Lord. I will pray for BCC and I pray for each one of the members of BCC, Lord. I pray that you might help us, Lord, to discover our, our capacity, Lord to understand that we are fashioned and created in your likeness, Lord. We are perfect the way we are, Lord. We are built as we should be, Lord. And teach us, Lord, to be humble, Lord, and walk in humility, Lord, every day, Lord, to understand that we have a place, Lord, and to understand that it is our responsibility to discover our God-given capacity and function, function in this capacity, Lord. So I really thank you for your grace, Lord. I really thank you that you are for us, Lord. You are not against us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will never, ever prevail against it, Lord. Thank that we are safe in your hands. We have a sure future, Lord. We will be with you. Help us, Lord, to bring impact in Bromley, Lord. Wherever we work, Lord, help us to have an impact, Lord. Help us to speak about you, Lord, and teach us how to be united in everything, Lord. Even though we're not all the same, but we're not called to uniformity, but to unity, Lord. And we'll discover our identity only in communion, Lord. Thank you.